Welcome to issue 55 of Cretaceous Encounters, a podcast about Marvel Champions, a living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. Here, we take a good look at that most critical piece of the game, the encounter set. We'll discuss those poorly understood characters, unfairly labeled lizards, and their various plans to eat humanity and benefit the planet, as well as those so-called mammals intent on thwarting them. I'm one of your hosts, Matt. Joining me tonight is Mike. Hey, Matt. Welcome aboard. Welcome to the lair. Thank you. Steve? How you doing, Matt? Glad to have you. Gustava? Hello, Dr. Carano. We meet and, again. Uh, <laughs> and Daniel? My dear friend, how are you? Very well. You, sir? Oh, fantastic. But but before, before I say more to you, Matt, Musa, what's on your mind tonight? You know, Daniel, I'm glad you asked me that. <laughs> me too. I... Hang on, I need to go to the washer. Here we I go. have a couple of observations here and a, 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 and a question. I think, uh, as our distinguished guest here will attest, after the dinosaurs died out, mammals became the dominant life form on the planet. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So far, and then so good. Dinosaurs <laughs> had uh, scales and feathers, and uh, mammals are covered in fur. Is that more or less correct? Two for two. Yep. So then, I guess, could you say that things got a little bit hairy after the asteroid hit? Uh, I mean, you could say that, but why would you say that? <laughs> also, I have, a, I have another question. What would you call a terrible, horrible, unpleasant dinosaur? Are you reading your children's dinosaur joke book, Mustafa? I cannot deny or confirm that. <laughs> <laughs> a thesaurus! Daniel, Daniel I'm professionally <laughs> prohibited from fielding these questions. No, I understand. I understand. All right. But, but I have one last thing to say. Just a quick question. What would you call a Tyrannosaurus that's also a witch? A Tyrannosaurus hex? I knew there was a reason we had you on this show. <laughs> oh Welcome to the show, Dr. Carano. Uh, I'm done. Uh, are you sure? Well done. I'm not done, but I'll, I'll stop here. Actually, <laughs> you know you. what? Since you oh, asked, God. what do you oh, call God. a dinosaur with one eye? Do you think he saw us? <laughs> okay, All right. Now. I'd like you to name that dinosaur that way when you find it, wow. Dr. Carano. Um, okay. I'll try to oblige. So, folks, what an incredibly special issue we have for you tonight. We are joined by none other than Matt Carano. He's the curator of Dinosauria at the Natural History Museum here in Washington, D.C. Now, Matt, you are many things, but more importantly, <laughs> you are you are a great friend to me in real life. So I am so delighted to have you on. Welcome, welcome to Critical Encounters. Thank you. The feeling is yeah. very mutual. I'm happy to be here. Now, you've been on the radio, Matt. You've been on TV. You've been on other podcasts. You've given countless talks around the world, but I don't want you to be nervous to be in this august company, okay? Because I don't think you've ever done anything as serious as this. I got to be honest, I'm a little bit nervous. See, I know, I know. We have that effect on our guests. So just relax. You are, you are the source of all knowledge. Um, so yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being and here. And if you're no, not you relaxed after that wonderful intro, you, you know, you, you should yeah. really be. Because that's the kind of the top standard we, we hit on this show. That's right. Yeah. Now, Matt, we have a bunch of questions that we like to ask our guests. And we'll we'll do a little roundtable. We'll let Steve ask the first one, but just you know, these are going to be you know nerdy, comic-y based questions. Are you ready? Uh, I am ready. All right. 
Okay, uh, evil Dr. Carano. Our first question is, who is your, who's your favorite Marvel villain? And I guess it could be you if you're an evil doctor. So, Yeah, I, I don't know that I've earned the chops for that at the moment, but uh, I'll get back to you on how I'm doing. Uh, hard to have a top villain. I would say um, for sheer entertainment value, I, I really got to go with the Grandmaster and Thor Ragnarok. Uh, you know, okay. for me, I just, I, I just can watch that all day. Um, but uh, if we're going to be expansive about uh, about Marvel, I would also go with uh, Doctor Octopus. Even though, you know, technically those weren't Marvel movies at the time. It's good. Those are those are both good options. And mostly it's because I, I like I, mostly because I like the actors too. You know. Yeah, they're they're both like the Goldblum and. Um... Uh, Alina? Alfred Molina, oh, yeah. yeah. Those are both excellent. I see that you chose a doctor in there, too, so we're okay. Well, yeah. yeah. Doctors got to stick together. Oh, a real doctor, too, not an MD? It's true, not an MD. Okay. Not a quote doctor, unquote, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike, why don't you ask the next one? All right. Evil Dr. Carano, which hero do you like to see getting beaten up? Well, um... Again, it kind of mixes in with the actor um, a little bit. So there's always something satisfying about watching Iron Man get beat up a little bit. Yes. Yeah. 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 That is so the right answer. Also okay. something good about watching Star-Lord get beat up a little bit. Um, oh, he so, sometimes deserves it. Yeah, exactly. It, it's, more of a, it's more earned, I think, in, for him. Um, yeah. So, so you know, there's something good, good for me in this. Daniel didn't prompt you on the first answer? No, no, not at all. I, okay. I okay. didn't. I swear I didn't. Okay. And uh, Matt, do you have like a favorite Marvel movie, comic, TV series, or something you really dig? I'm definitely digging WandaVision right now, for sure. But uh, I would say, for me, the favorites are things... I, I like Thor Ragnarok a lot. I like Guardians of the Galaxy a lot. Because, like, God forbid, the people in those movies actually seem like they're enjoying themselves. So, so, so I find them much more fun. Like I really just, you know, five or six minutes into Guardians of the Galaxy, I was like already having a good time. And, you know, some of them to me, while the stories are interesting, like the movies themselves sometimes can feel a little bit like homework, you know, to get to the, the big sure. blowout movies. But, uh, but those I think are just, they're just super fun. So I just really. Awesome. Yeah, definitely fun ones. Now, Mike, why on earth? I mean, it's great to have you here, Matt. But why on earth do we have a dinosaur expert on the show tonight, Mike? What's happening? Oh, because he's a because he's a fan of the game, of course. Oh, oh, yeah. do I get oh. a question? Oh no, no, nope, that's I, it. Get a, uh, okay, fine. Well, do you, you have you one? Your, no? It's gonna yeah, be a you joke from four questions. <laughs> do you have one that doesn't come out of your kid's joke book and stuff? <laughs> hey, my kids have more than my joke book. I'll have you know. Uh, is that a threat? We don't have just one. Uh, and you know, we give some of them to you when we're done with them, so don't complain. <laughs> now, here's the question, and this is kind of uh, in line with a, a previous question. But which hero, comic book hero, it doesn't have to be Marvel, do you think is the most stuck up, self righteous douchebag <laughs> in all the universe of heroes? Uh, you know, and again, I'm not, I don't have like a comprehensive uh, feel for this, but I certainly one that leaps to mind would be like Ozymandias. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. I can see that. I mean, to some degree, most of them have a little angle like that. Right. I mean, there are so many to choose from, right? Like, it's hard (laughs) to pick one. It is. You only asked this question so you could hold forth, Moose? Okay. 
I've what do you think, course. Mustafa? <laughs> oh, I mean, I could start and just keep going, but I think we need to really talk to our guest here. But Captain America is number one on my list of douchebags. <laughs> oh, I'm, look at me. I'm so righteous. I have a shield. You know, come on, sit down. Wow. Oh, all right. So, so, Mike, back to my original question. <laughs> Tonight, we are joined here by Matt, because Matt is, of course, a fan of the game. And the theme of tonight is going to be looking at one of the modular sets. Kang has been recently released. Been released. We love it. So we're going to have a look at the temporal set. So Matt is here. He has graciously offered to come and talk to us. You mean he was tricked to come here? Po- possibly, right. possibly tricked. We, we yep. sent so him. So there would be snacks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, coffee and coffee and donuts. He has offered to come on and give us the backstory for the titular villain of the Temporal Encounter set. So Matt, take it away. Tell us all about the Tyrannosaurus Rex. Well, so, you know, on the one hand, what does one need to say about Tyrannosaurus Rex? The most American of dinosaurs, if ever there was an American dinosaur, it's T-Rex. It's actually endemic to the United States. It's almost the only place it's found. And like a good American dinosaur, you cannot get away from it, even if you want to. Um, (laughs) Nice. It is everywhere. It is the, you know, the number one on everyone's list and, you know, with some pretty good reason. So T-Rex uh, is one of the last dinosaurs on Earth, was certainly alive when the meteor struck. Dinosaur species don't, don't last that long. You know, they're around for something less than a million years. So there is always turnover. So with dinosaurs being around for 160 million years, most of that time there's no T-Rexes. It's only really right at the end. And you get other kind of classic dinosaurs like Triceratops at the same moment. So it's part of a, a family of dinosaurs, this, this group of related species um, that, that goes back, you know, probably 40 or 50 million years. They start up not, not terribly big, uh, kind of person-sized, and they're, they're found uh, pretty broadly around the world. But the big ones that we're familiar with are in Asia and North America, and then they're really sort of at the end of dinosaur times, and T-Rex is just the last one. Um, it is, you know, everything it's advertised to be. It's a gigantic two-legged carnivore, tiny little front legs, giant head, giant teeth, uh, which I like to refer to as murder bananas because they're uh, they're actually they're actually almost ra- they're almost round, but they have serrated edges on them. Most dinosaur teeth are very blade-like. T-Rex teeth are quite bulky, and you <clears throat> you find other fossils in the same environment that very clearly have puncture wounds of T-Rex teeth in them. Um, so they're, they're quite capable of, of busting through bone uh, with these teeth. It's about 40 feet long, weighs somewhere between five and seven tons, probably doesn't roar, although it would have oh, been man. more dramatic if it did. You're breaking my heart. I, I, I don't know. It's, what what di- sound does it make? You know, dinosaurs probably sound a lot, sounded a lot like birds, but probably not singing birds. Birds like ostriches and, and emus and things like that, and, or crocodilians. And they all make kind of similar noises, grunting and hissing and those kinds of sounds. Um, but in general, if you think about reptiles, they're not, they're not the noisiest animals in the world, right? I mean, like snakes, snakes don't scream or anything. Um, although it wouldn't be cool if they did. Oh um, <laughs> screaming viper. Oh, that would be, what an upgrade. Oh, that's going on. That's going on my evil to-do list. 
Uh, but I, you know, I think they're sufficiently terrifying. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so uh, you know, they're 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 pretty impressive animals. They're they're the only big carnivores in their environment. Uh, they're pretty widespread in North America up until the point they get whacked. And you know, if you think about uh, dinosaurs are egg-laying animals, uh, so a T-Rex would hatch. A T-Rex wouldn't be very big, size of a I don't know a terrier. Um, and then they got to grow up to be this five or six ton animal. So a T-Rex is probably eating er at one point in its life, like eating everything in its environment. You know, it's going to hatch and it's going to eat like bugs and lizards. And then it's going to grow up and eat baby dinosaurs of other kinds and get bigger and bigger and just keep eating bigger things. So it's kind of an all-purpose animal, all-purpose carnivore, which is kind of cool. I can't imagine how much a teenage T-Rex eats because my <laughs> teenage son, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And they, get, they have a growth spurt just like humans do. So when they're teenagers, they grow, they're growing like crazy. So it's exactly like that. Um, plus, they're probably a lot faster when they're little. So they're, they'd be even more terrifying, I think. Would they be kind of like the little alien that pops out of the, the chest cavity? It, uh, you know, as a little hatchling one, it would probably be like pretty crazy ravenous. <laughs> makes sense. I like that image now in my mind. So. Yeah, you know, you, you think about yourself, you know, if you were out there just like, you know, barehanded. You know, you would be just woefully ill-equipped to deal with even a, a young T-Rex. Do we know anything about their kind of social structure? Were they social animals? Were they loners? Did they look after their young? Or did they just lay a thousand eggs? Do, do we know any of that? There's sort of indirect uh, information. So, you know, most birds and most crocodilians, and these are the closest related living animals we have to dinosaurs. I mean, birds are descended from dinosaurs, so they are dinosaurs. but um, if you look at these animals, they all have some form of parental care and at least some sort of loose sociality. So, I mean, crocodiles are, are are quite good parents up to the you know when they hatch, and so they they watch the nest, they get the young to the water, you know. Um, and there's a lot of evidence that at least some dinosaurs were like that, and I would probably imagine most of them did some sort of care. And then you have some indirect evidence that they have social groups because. For some animals, you find them like fossilized in these giant herds, mm -hmm. um, or you'll see footprints of like several different individuals, all the same kind of footprint. They're all going the same direction. Seems to see, suggest they're all kind of a group. But the big carnivores, it's less clear. It, there's not, not as obvious a bunch of info, and they certainly could have been. Jurassic Park stuff with velociraptors, probably, um, but uh, no reason why they couldn't have had at least some social system. So you mentioned that some of the bigger dinosaurs were around around this time, and you, you sort of lightly touched on the ones we know. Could you elaborate? Like, what was this guy eating? So T-Rex is living with, so you have Triceratops and another horned dinosaur called Taurosaurus. Um, you have duck-billed dinosaurs. Um, the most common one would have been something called Edmontosaurus, named for Edmonton, Canada. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I know that one well. Yeah. And... Um, <laughs> Then you have a lot of smaller things. You have uh, a dome-headed dinosaur called Pachycephalosaurus, a, uh, a small, um, probably like German Shepherd-sized plant eater called Thessalosaurus. And then you got all these little carnivorous things running around, uh, like they're sort of bird-like things. Um, there's one called Akira Raptor. Uh, there's one called Anzu, which is, is a kind of beaked, very crazy looking. It's almost like kind of a cassowary, a big helmet on its head. And uh, the thing you don't have in these environments is you don't have big sauropods like brontosaur type dinosaurs. They're, they're totally absent. It's one of the few places where they, they aren't for whatever reason. And uh, so it's, you know, it's mostly these, these kind of big plant eaters. 
and you have some evidence from uh, Edmontosaurus, for example, and Triceratops, you do have mark T-Rex tooth marks on these on their skeletons. In most cases, you don't know if it's like you know it was killed by the T-Rex or was dead and was eaten by the T-Rex, but certainly they're consuming them. And what does the name mean? I know Rex means king. Rex means king. Tyrannosaurus means uh, tyrant lizard. Tyrant so the king, lizard. The king, king tyrant, tyrant lizard. Lizards. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Are there I other Tyrannosauruses? Sauri? Yeah, there's one in uh, uh, Mongolia, um, which is, some people call it Tarbosaurus, and some people call it Tyrannosaurus. The species name is called Batar, which is a Mongolian word. And that's about it. <laughs> Those are the only two. Fascinating. And then you have, uh, you know, other animals in the group. There's something called Despletosaurus, Albertosaurus, Gorgosaurus. These are all Tyrannosaurs, um, and they're all sort of the in that family. And they're all carnivores. And they're all carnivores. And they're all, you know, they're sort of on the same basic plane. You'd recognize one right away. You might say, oh, it looks like a kind of a young T-Rex. They're like a little more slender, um, a little bit smaller, like 30 feet instead of 40 feet. But, um, you, you know, they get, they get the job done. So does this guy have a, a nemesis in the world? Or is he just eats everything? Nothing phases him? There's certainly nothing like as a predator. You know, the, the, end, the end point for a T-Rex is like death and decomposition, not somebody eating it, really. But the classic face-off is T-Rex and Triceratops. Isn't that the museum, Matt? That's like the Field Museum has this very famous painting by Charles Knight that uh, became sort of iconic of the two facing off. And then like many museums have put them together. We have it in our museum. Right. I was going to say, yeah, I've seen yep. that. And, yep. Um, but I mean, a Triceratops could mess it up, right? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't go after an adult Triceratops um, unless I was <laughs> starving. I mean, first, for, first of all, you got to think, you know, for every adult dinosaur, there's like 10 baby dinosaurs out there. So right there, why bother? But yeah, I mean, the thing's got, you know, four foot horns on its head and, you know, it's a big frill protecting its neck and it's, you know, it's the size of a rhino. I mean, it's not going to be an easy thing to kill. So, you know, you go for the sick ones or eat a dead one. I mean, that's the way to do it. I Let imagine nature do the hard work. I imagine the Spartan phalanx, you know, with a whole bunch of them balled up with their horns out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I had a kid's book where the, the exact thing was like a painting like that with like the babies in the middle and then all the adults like facing out. So, yeah, Matt, like, we often like, we'll, we'll take the villains and the nemeses and the, and the minions and stuff. We'll try to like find some sympathetic like way into their backstory. Like, you know, who really are these people? What What turned them into the villain that they are? Like, how to... How do we, how do we relate to the T Rex? What's what's this guy really about? What's what motivates him? Look, T Rex, like all of these things, it's just a hard working dinosaur <laughs> trying to make its way in the world. There you go. You're gonna drop it into. I'm gonna guess Central Park in this picture. Yep. I mean, who wouldn't be distraught, confused? Probably had something going on that evening. Now it's all messed up, right? He's screaming mammals everywhere i mean who doesn't want to just lay low a bunch of screaming mammals i mean i think that's pretty I, i'd be sympathetic they're probably throwing things at it if you dropped one of us into like a big box of rats or something right um, yeah. yeah yeah you know or like uh you know screaming snakes you just want to hit them with snakes, <laughs> right? I mean, I think that's the thing, right? It's like, you know, there are villains who are like kind of twisted and evil. And then there are villains just because like you don't like what they do. Mm. Are you saying society turned T-Rex into a villain? I'm saying we're a little judgy sometimes. Okay. You know, 
I support think Phoenix that. gets a lot of respect, unlike other. Yeah, but it's like often fear respect, right? Yeah, which is fine. Which is fine. I mean, that that does get the job done, but we don't respect him for his poetry, say. So. Right. Yeah. Probably don't even ask about his poetry. Mm. I'm gonna look for some. I could say I've never heard any T-Rex poetry before. I mean, it's better than Vogon poetry. Oh, true. That's a low standard. <laughs> low hanging fruit there. But you know, like in uh, Jurassic Park, uh, uh, Dr. Grant has a, has a very sensible line, right, about the carnivores. He's like, you know, they just do what they do. It's just that's their job. Eat stuff. So we can't blame him for the forces that drive him, is what you're saying. Okay. I mean, he comes from a place where it's important that he goes out and eat things. I mean, it would be like blaming people for eating burgers. Think of how much burger overpopulation there would be if we didn't eat them. (laughs) Fair point. Fair point. Well, I now like the T-Rex a lot more than I did before. Now, is he your favorite dinosaur? Oh, no. I mean, I generally... T-Rex doesn't need my help. I I sort of... I try to steer people to other dinosaurs. Which one would you say is your favorite? Um, Because my seven-year-old will want to know this later. Yeah, so I don't have favorite dinosaurs because you're not supposed to have favorite children, and that's what it feels like a little bit. <laughs> but uh, there's a there's a dinosaur I like that we have at the museum called Ceratosaurus, which is a very distant cousin of a T-Rex. Smaller, probably 20 feet long. Just a weird, weird dinosaur. And uncommon, so it doesn't you know get that much attention. It's actually in Jurassic Park 3 for like maybe 90 seconds. But it's, it's, you know, it's just kind of an interesting, more interesting in some ways than a T-Rex and just doesn't get the attention. So I was, you know, kind of like the underdog aspect of that. So yeah. I imagine people in your line of, of, of work and such kind of roll your eyes at the mention of the T-Rex, right? I mean, it's just, here we go. Yeah, again. I mean, if you're, if you're a paleontologist and you don't work on dinosaurs, then you roll your eyes just at the mention of the word dinosaur in general. Right. Um, <laughs> and then within, within dinosaurs, yes, that's often the case. But actually, I mean, even, you know, there's a, a sizable crop of paleontologists who really only want to work on T-Rex. Oh, okay. So again, they don't, it, it doesn't need my help. It's getting, it's getting well studied. It's, you know, if you're in biology, you know, there are these things we call model organisms, you know, like fruit flies you know, or zebrafish or whatever, or rhesus monkeys, where like you do all the study on that thing and you know that thing up and down, right? You just like know everything about it. And for paleontologists, T-Rex is the model organism. Like every time we get a new technique or a new thing, we try it out on the stuff we know about T-Rex. Okay. It's it's getting plenty of, plenty plenty of work done on it. In fact, you could say it's getting, it's, if you want to criticize it, it's, it's like getting too much attention. It's like an attention hogger. Like, yeah, about a lot of Tyrannosauri, right? Or, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it's a very American dinosaur. It's like the Tony Stark of dinosaurs. <laughs> Except we don't want to beat it up. Well, we can't. So so Steve mentioned like his, his seven-year-old wanting to know a fact. So for years now, Matt, um, Elsa has really wanted to know the exact date dinosaurs went extinct. Ooh, how exact do they have to be? I don't. I don't mean within a thousand years or so. I, I think she'd oh, be like March twenty third, Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so. You know, I mean, I could give you one. You probably can't prove me wrong. That's perfect, actually. Good enough I for just, us. <laughs> it, it has to be. It has to be said by you in your voice because I've tried the whole March twenty third, and it didn't. She didn't believe me. 
So, but she said she would believe she'd believe you. Yeah, we don't know that maybe the the the, the day and month, but it was definitely a Wednesday. You could tell her that. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be. Tell, tell her that and tell me what she says. I just want okay. to well, hear what Speaking she of says. going extinct, one thing you told me actually it was very impressive, even though you kind of made it offhanded uh, in, a, in an offhanded way. You said, you know, dinosaurs don't stick around very long. They were only around for a, a million years. A hundred million years. No, individual species are only around for a million years or less. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that's actually, if you think about it, our species has been around for how long? What, 40,000, maybe? It depends how yeah. you count it, right? Homo sapiens. But less than a million. Right. We're much less yeah. than a million. and we On the high end, it's 100 or 200,000. If you, and the low end, it's 40, depending on what you want to yeah. draw the, the pencil so, on. At best, we're like about 10% of the way to a kind of regular dinosaur. I feel like they've been around, they've been around far longer than we ever will. Uh, uh, but that's just me being pessimistic about the future of our species. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's weird to sort of think about that, right? Because it's hard to know what rules still apply to us and which ones don't. Yeah. Right? Because on the one hand, we're like playing with the system that usually makes things extinct. And on the other hand, we're pushing a lot of buttons and we don't know what they do. Yeah. Well, we know exactly what they do sometimes, but you're, we're still pushing them. Also true. Like true also villains. True. Yes. Yeah. Or you Maybe see a button, you have villain. to push it. So. <laughs> What's this do? Yeah. Well, Matt, that was awesome. We learned a ton. Uh, it's all T-Rex. T-Rex is awesome. And I know you can keep going and thank you for coming on a show. And I'm sure when I said, hey, there's a dinosaur, when you talk about T-Rex, you're like, uh... <laughs> Um, so no, this is great. Is is there more? I know you can. I know you could talk for literally hours and days on this. Is there is there something else that we def, definitely need to know about the T Rex before we we look at the cards from this set? I think the only thing I would say, just as a sort of side point, is another fun fact about T Rex is we have fossil T Rex poop, which is pretty sizable. I was gonna say. It, it it's you know impressive and you know it's it's a deductive identification uh you find it in the environment t-rex is found in and it's full of digested parts of animals and it's way too big to have come out of anything else <laughs> uh, and and that's basically the argument um but you know it's, it's a reasonable argument and uh there you go so we have like you know some evidence of a lot of things for a T-Rex that we don't typically have for dinosaurs. We don't often know what the um, the output is for any given species, uh, but we do for this. So you've you've so sweetly and nicely taken me to to the sub basement in the Natural History Museum to look at all <laughs> the fossils and the bones and stuff. Maybe that maybe I shouldn't say that. I, is it secret? But um, how much stuff is there, Matt? Like how many how many T-Rexes do you have in the Natural History Museum? We're kind of low on T-Rexes. We really have the one skeleton in the uh, exhibit, and we only got that skeleton recently. Okay. Uh, we're not like the T-Rex headquarters. So, like, say a group of villains was looking to heist some T-Rex bones. Where do we go? Yeah, somewhere else. Uh, go to the American Museum of Natural History in New York. Oh, it's a lot closer for me. Okay. They, they have a few. <laughs> um, there's, a, there's a couple in Drumheller, and the biggest pile is uh, probably at the Museum of the Rockies in Bozeman. Okay. 
Okay. Montana is Montana's like ground zero for T Rex. I'm not recommending anybody out there go break into the Museum of the Rockies. I'm just saying <laughs> that's where we. If find you were to, if you were writing a realistic story about this, you would set it at the Museum of the Rockies. I see. Okay. You you understand the difference? <laughs> There's a lot of bones down there in that basement, though, from all sorts. Yeah, of so things. just fascinating. You know, so. Yeah, my department I think has like 26 million fossils, Ooh. most of which are not bones. Most of which are things like shells and fossil plants, sure. but fossils nonetheless. But still, yeah, it's the it's the world's largest natural history collection. Well, I look forward to it opening back up and hanging yeah. out there again with you and you and me both. It's so fun because um, you just like rebuilt the whole dinosaur thing, and then and uh, closed like, just opened and then pandemic, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's gathered. It was a five-year project, right? Uh, seven and a half years. Okay. It was closed wow. for five. Okay, that's what. It was, okay. It was closed yeah. for five. Um. Um. Yep. Yep. I got a and chance to see it. It is beautiful. Beautiful work, sir. Well, you're all invited as soon as we're open. Critical Encounters field trip. Sounds good. Oh, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. in. Do all like cool. the bones have little masks on and stuff like that to be safe? <laughs> you Just- know. I- I'm not even allowed in the building. I don't even know the answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> well, Steve, let's talk about these cards. Yeah, okay. So the uh, temporal set, like Mike said, comes in Kang. There are seven total cards, but only four by title. So it's a pretty small set overall. Mm-hmm. So, Matt, why don't you read us the main guy here? All right. So the Tyrannosaurus Rex card, he's a minion. Zero scheme. I, I think that's quite realistic. Not the sharpest, <laughs> not the sharpest uh, stick. Three attack with a special. I'll get to that. Six hit points. Creature, obviously. Temporal, obviously. Uh, toughness. I think it's a very realistic card. Can I just interject that? I like this. The special is that uh, the attack skin piercing, and uh, that is just straight out of the fossil record. I love this. <laughs> but based on what you said, he should get puncturing. But I guess that's not a keyword in our game. No, so. but I, yeah, I mean, but still, I think it's it's, it's a nice it's a nice touch. Uh, and then uh, three boost with the attachment murder bananas. That's a card you need to make, Steve. <laughs> okay, yep. Matt, this seems like a realistic card for you. I like it. Okay, I, I, Can I, I think I think it, you know it covers the basic qualities pretty accurately. All right, so let me let me let me put it in this kind of perspective for you, and you you gauge whether or not this this makes sense. The Tyrannosaurus Rex's attack is the exact same as Hulk and She-Hulk. What do you think of that? Combined or individually? Individually. So the Hulk is as strong as T-Rex. Is attack just a strength feature or does it encompass any other quality? You know, that's a great question. Uh, It could encompass some strategy. I don't know. (laughs) But for Hulk, probably not. Because Hulk also has zero. The the heroic version of Scheme. Um, and and Tyrannosaurus Rex would have to bite Hulk six times before it could dispatch it. I mean, that's, that's true. Possible. Yeah, and Hulk I mean, only needs to hit him twice. Yeah. So I think here's the thing with the with the T Rex, and it, you know that might undervalue the T Rex a little bit. I think where the attack maybe lessens is that you really only have the head here doing the attacking. So it's a big animal that has to bite you. There's nothing else. Whereas, tail? you know, and a tail swipe, Do we know I mean, that? kind of it can, but I would say this is not an ideal, you know, th- this would be like a desperation measure. Um, it's not where all the, um, you know, the machinery is not geared for, for that as an attack weapon. Right. So everything's sort of put into the head as the weapon. Whereas you can see something like Hulk, you know, 
you're still a primate. You still got hands and arms and there's a lot of agility and sophistication to that. That might give you a little bit of an edge in certain situations. Whether it gives you an edge with a T-Rex, I don't know about that. But um, it's not like T-Rex is going to use its hands. It's only got two legs, so it can only do so much with those legs besides right. walk on them. Now, here's a here's a rumor about T-Rex in their uh, fighting style, Matt, that I, I'm not, I've heard somewhere, but I don't know if it's true or not. But is it true that they couldn't really turn? You so know, like, uh, they charge at you and all you have to do is kind of wait and then just dodge. It's like fighting Rhino, the villain in our game here, too. Yeah, so I think you got that from the book, The Decronization of Sam Magruder. Oh, my God, that is. It's our book club. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. And... <laughs> That's exactly where I got it. In general, that's, you know, big things are probably not super agile, whether that's like a structural or a behavioral thing, it's hard to know, but it, it, it doesn't behoove big animals to be doing that kind of thing. Right. Sure. And, you know, there's, there's, because just size becomes your enemy, right? This is like four, you know, I'll just to say there's like four classes of animals, right? There's animals that, uh, and this would be a T-Rex, they're, they're of a certain size that if you fall from any height, you're going to hurt yourself, right? Then there's animals where if they fall from certain heights, they hurt themselves. Then there's animals that it doesn't matter what height they fall from. They never get hurt. That's like a mouse. I mean, you could throw a mouse off a building and it won't get hurt when it hits the cement. It won't? And then the small size of, nope. And then the small size of animal, <laughs> um, if they fall, they're equally likely to go up as down. Sure. Right. And, uh, and so, so once you're big enough, like you just don't do that. So I would say, yeah, but you know, T-Rex is eating animals in its environment that are equally not agile. Okay. In general. Um, but when it's facing something like Hulk, maybe, you know, some agility there. So when we throw a T-Rex off a building, what happens? It dies. It dies. Okay. Honestly, if you, if you cow tipped a T-Rex, it would break its ribs. Oh, the bigger but they that are, would take, that would take a lot to tip one yeah. over, right? Yeah, yeah. Hulk, yeah. Hulk could do it, presumably. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> she Hulk with that one-two punch takes out a whole T Rex. I know it's not tough. Yeah, well, yeah. well obviously, obviously, Squirrel Girl comes first. <laughs> right, takes right. off the toughness. Just damn mammals. Now, Matt, why would they have toughness? Like, was their skin any? I mean, defense. It doesn't look like they're made of any defensive stuff, like. No, I th it's just, a, again, I think a size thing. Like, you know, it's just okay. like an elephant, right? Elephants don't have any armor, but it's hard to get through elephant skin. Okay. You know, so Great. like, I don't know if you, you guys ever saw, ever saw that nature show with the hyenas eating the dead elephant, but uh, they go in the back door. They don't go through the skin. <laughs> Thank I you don't for want that. to see that show. Thank you for that image. <laughs> uh, I did not think I could respect the hyenas any less, but there it is. There it is. All right. Yeah, I, I love the piercing on the, this card, too. I think that's perfect, right? Because you, you mentioned seeing the bones with the, the yeah. T-Rex marks in it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good card. Yep. All right, let's move on. Next card is not a dinosaur. It is another warrior from the time stream. It is an ancient warrior. There are three copies of these from the deck. It is a minion, one scheme, two attack, two hit points. It is soldier, of course, and temporal, of course. It has quick strike. With the special boost effect, you are stunned. Simple. Simple. Simple but effective. That is a declarative sentence. So I have a rules question for you guys. Quick Strike goes off before Hawkeye's Arrows? Ooh. Uh, I have to look. This is probably one of those when versus after phrasings. Sure. Sure. So, because if not, that two hit points is really lame. Yeah, really. Well, Quick, you know, quick Strike 
after this enemy engages a player, it immediately attacks that player if they are in hero form. So okay. after the enemy engages, and I don't know if and that's... Does, does Hawkeye hit when revealed? Because what does Hawkeye do with those like weapons runner guys or whatever that surge when they are revealed? Right, and then Hawkeye... If he kills them... Hawkeye is a response that says, after a minion enters play, remove one arrow counter from Hawkeye, deal two damage to the minion. So it's after they enter play. It sounds like Hawkeye kills them before they're no, because because he it's a response. Responses always trigger after things like forced or uh, well passive right. abilities. So passive abilities would go off first. Okay. Yeah, Good I think know. the quick strike goes off. It's sort of like a forced interrupt. Okay. I mean, it doesn't you know it doesn't have that on it, but I think I think it would. I think the quick well, strike would go off first. Clearly, this guy's all about his boost anyway. <laughs> Yes. Oh, it's great. Like, <laughs> at what? At yeah. worst, best to attack, or, or worst to attack, best. You're stunned. That's awesome. And three copies. I mean, it has only it has only one less attack than a T Rex, so it's you know. Yeah. Pretty good. Good point. Some sort of Egyptian Anubis warrior kind of thing, right? Like it. a jackal warrior going in the back door. Ugh. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's in a restaurant. It looks like. And yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. the, the restaurant's heavily armored. You got to go in that way. Yeah. Yep. It's like eating an elephant. Am I right? <laughs> One bite at a time. And that red thing it's holding <laughs> in its hand is, is just like a, 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 a silverware or a redware or whatever. Yeah, what is that? Oh, yeah. It's like a scythe thing, right? Like a Kopesh? Are we looking at the sword? Kopesh, yeah. Something like that. Okay. I like it. I like the ancient warrior. Definitely because he gets his quick strike before Hawkeye shoots him. Yeah, that's the official ruling now because we said so. Yep. There you go. Seems, seems okay. right. Yep. So next we have a Chitari soldier. One scheme, one attack with a force interrupt. Three hit points. He's soldier and temporal as well. Force interrupt is when he attacks you, discard the top card of the encounter deck. Take indirect damage equal to the number of boost icons in that card. And he himself comes with one boost icon. Seems all right. Lame. If his attack goes off, I like it. Yes. A big if. So Chitari, real quick, right? The Chitari here, they're in the comics they're slightly different than the MCU movies. In the MCU movies, they're like Alien Race, the text New York in the first Avengers movie. They kind of work for Thanos. But in the comics, they're a race of shape-shifting aliens. And they've attempted to conquer Earth a few times, notably during World War II, then again in the early 21st century. And but the Chitari as a people, they claim to be part of like the immune system of the universe, and they go around wiping out disorder and free will wherever they find it. Well, now's the time to come back if you're a Chitari. <laughs> yeah, Just maybe they're back. Think. You don't know. Well, shape shifting, so they could be here. So, yeah. Matt, one thing you didn't talk about when you were telling us about T Rex is how the they lived with like people looking people. Yeah, they live with the Chitaris, which makes sense because I was at the Bible Museum and I did see Adam riding a T Rex. I think. So it must have been one of these people, what I was seeing. Are you saying we're descended from Chitari? Uh, Adam and Eve? I think so. Maybe. I don't know. Who was riding the dinosaur in that museum? Mustafa? What do you think? <laughs> You're the expert, I'm, sir. I am not the only <laughs> evil doctor here. Because you were, you were talking about the, the things that were around when T-Rex was. You didn't mention uh, Chitari or, or, or Tyrannosaurus or Rex riders. So you're saying the picture on the Transverse Rex card is is actually just regular day life. <laughs> right. Well, I don't know. I don't know. 
I think that tank top does date itself to about 40 million years ago. <laughs> I'm just saying. I hear you. So you're saying there were no day, people yeah. when T-Rex was out? I mean, you know, it depends on what you want to set your clock to. If you want to set your clock to 6,000 <laughs> years ago, um, I can't really help you. Well, yeah. There are some things that are just so difficult to confront either as a matter of comic relief or as a matter of rational discourse. This might be one. <laughs> right, right. I mean, there's just so many things. And like, yeah. if you were living, an ancient person living with dinosaurs, would you cave paint a horse? I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well Good point. Said. Well, it just bad. doesn't. I mean, just in a very practical sense, it doesn't make a lot of doesn't doesn't really jive with me, right? I mean, I the mean, early the early religions would all have these giant reptilian overlords, right? And what do we have? Slee stacks. That's it. That's it. <laughs> it's the myth of a dragon in pretty much every culture, right? And they're all reptilian. Um, they're not that common. And also, we have reptiles. We do, and we do have, yes, in places where there are big reptiles, you get dragon stories. Then you get things like, I guess you get worms, whatever they are in England. Doesn't every system and culture have a dragon type thing? I think it does. Uh, I don't know that that's true. Really? Yeah. I think we borrowed it. Like, I'm pretty sure the Inuit don't have a dragon story. Yeah, I was going to say Native American. You know, I, don't think the, I don't think the Finns have a dragon story. Maybe they do, but. Do the do the Turks have a dragon story? Um, there is a word. That sounds for like it. a no. Already sounds like a no. If you can't. no, no, there's a word for it. Uh, I don't know of. I didn't, I didn't say if there's a word for it. I'm saying like, is there a major like cultural story built around a dragon? Well, I think what you're. I mean, when you're talking about existing cultures, you're already too late for whatever because most sure. of our stories don't date past you know maybe at best. A, a, a thousand or two thousand years ago, right? Sure. I mean, we're way past caveman paintings already. It's like lizard men, dragony hybrid things in Gilgamesh. There's Tiamat, who became a D and D dragon, but was actually a Sumerian god. Like there, yeah. I, I just don't know how many of those there. things. I don't know how many of those things are really dragon things or things that we translated to English as dragon things. Well, this will, this will be my homework for the week. Thanks, Matt. All right. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> we could have T-Rexes with people if Kang was around and he gave us this last card. Mustafa, tell us about the last card. Right. Speaking <laughs> of speaking of people riding dinosaurs, this card is called Time Portal. It is a side scheme. It has a forced interrupt. When it's defeated, shuffle it into the encounter deck itself. Discarding it. Oh. It's a hazard. A two. Uh, Threat per player and two uh, boost icons. Bog standard as far as side, you know, side schemes go. Uh, I mean, I guess there is a somewhat nice thing that it keeps coming back, but it doesn't. Other than that, it doesn't sound too time portally to me. I would like it if it brought out a Tyrannosaurus Rex, for example, yeah. out yep. of the portal. But, yeah, and then recycled. Um, and then, yeah, and then, you know, what about those stories who apparently keep coming back, uh, riding dinosaurs, what have you? Uh, you know, they could have done a lot more with this, but yet again, uh, swing and a mostly miss for me. Uh, effectively, like, it's 
it's an annoying card in the game when you're playing Kang and there's an extra pressure to get rid of these. Yeah, it's a great card in that set. But I gotta say, this is probably the most boring card that has a Tyrannosaurus Rex on it in any card game. <laughs> <laughs> because the art is great, right? There's a yeah, T-Rex with, with, the, uh, with the ancient warrior and some modern soldier guys all fighting side by side. And then it's just draw an extra card every round. That's what it does. <laughs> like, oh, come on. <laughs> and, come on. And the Kang deck is 40 plus cards. Temporal is going to add seven to that. Chances are you're not pulling temporal cards. You're just pulling just random Kang cards as long as this is in play. You're in there. In people there. let it stick around. So, uh, yeah. I, I'm disappointed that... too. There's no flavor text. There's right? nothing. Like a time portal has opened up. You must go and close it. There's something. There's room on the card. Plenty of room on the card. Missed opportunity. You're right, Steve. Yep. Oh. Well. Well, what do we think of this set? Oh, it's one of my favorite modular sets. Yeah. Why is that? It's just interesting. It's got a. It's got a dinosaur in it, guys. Really. (laughs) It's not the. It's not the hardest modular set, but it's got a lot of different little things. It's got the direct damage. It's got the quick strike. It's got the dinosaur. It's got the hazard. It's just. It's a good. You know, Sunday afternoon modular set. <laughs> yeah, I like that it's it's minions. You want a set that's got minions? You know, here's six minions and a card that's going to try to get you more minions as you go. So, you know, min- minions can, you know, too many of them can uh, start to hurt you with that quick strike. If you can't block the Chitari soldier, the T-Rex isn't a super pushover with the toughness and the, you know, yeah, I like that it's a bunch of minions. And, and Matt, do you support the science behind this modular set? The time science or the T-Rex science? <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, I do. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> wow. I I'm gonna give it a uh, I'm gonna give it a B plus. And it would be a B if there weren't a dinosaur in it. It'd be a B minus if there weren't a dinosaur in it. But Mike's right. Just like there's a oh. dinosaur. This is a yeah. solid A. It's a C for me, even with the dinosaur. Wow. Yeah. Oh. You're hard to please, man. You are. Because this yeah. set can go into anywhere, right? It's a modular set. Yeah, it's a modular set. You don't have to put it in the 40-card Kang set. You can put it in the... Throw it in the mutagen. You just load it up with minions. Because <laughs> that, that one needs to be harder. All right. So we have an intelligentsia segment for us. We're going to slip it right in here through the time portal. And uh, so we had a few, <laughs> we had a few questions. One uh, coming from DOHK1014, formerly known as Meek, and Mr. L. So they both asked us a similar question. Effectively, what would we like to see villain-wise with mechanics? And since we're all veterans of the other LCGs, like Lord of the Rings and Arkham Horror, are there any mechanics there that we think with a villain or encounter deck? Mm. You know, any, any good tactics that we could learn from the previous games? That we'd like to see a villain with. So, if you guys given this a little bit of thought, anyone want to go first? A little bit. First, I want to say how much I like these two guys, DOHK uh, ten fourteen and Mister L. I love those guys. They are fantastic on Discord, and I'm grateful for their their contributions and their questions. So, I know your alter egos, Daniel, that you're kind of feeding us uh, Benny's from, so that we are trying to hide the fact that we have one listener. Well, let's just say, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, thought so. <laughs> uh, I'll go first. Uh, you know, I'd like a villain that can actually win. That would be a nice mechanic to have. And... Wait, didn't you just say you guys lost? 
Yeah, I, I don't I know what he's said We have only one. We have the mutagen formula. That's the only kind of tough deck that can actually pull off a win. That is not a fluke. Wow. Yeah, so that wow. would be nice to have. Uh, FFG should design more villain cards that, that can actually beat heroes. Oof. All right. Uh, I know this isn't going to be popular with everyone, but I'm going to go with time. Oh. oh. Yep. Yep, that's the one where you have a certain amount of counters. Every round, something goes off. Yep. And when you hit zero, something bad happens. They've kind of loosely touched on this in the game, but it's been more time light in Marvel. Mike, I think that is a great one. I didn't think of that. That is that is brilliant. The, this right, game right. needs that kind of pressure. That, because that, the that hero's clock. turtle. The hero's turtle. So yep, you have a clock that says, you know what? Every three rounds, your highest cost attachment in the garbage. Yeah, they like kind of did that with Zola, right? Like every, every right. three rounds, yeah, you're adding yeah. tokens, and then a thing happens. And they've done that with sort of with the schemes in Wrecking Crew, right? If if those hit a certain level, something happens, then it resets yeah. and keeps going up. Yeah, time could be an interesting mechanic. Hey, maybe a time portal could open and do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, then you have the cards that say time portal opened. Take another time off. Boom! Now you can't plan for it. That's what I want to see. You guys can yell at me later. No, um, I think it's a good idea. Anything. So the the first place I went with this, I was thinking of like, what are my favorite scenarios in Lord of the Rings? I didn't really think about Arkham. I didn't include that in this in in this thought. We're process. never gonna get a chaos bag, so that's okay. Yeah, I you know I really like um, the Black Serpent, and I like that I like that scenario a lot, and and sort of having to deal with his attachments and getting the objectives, and that's what you what you're required to get before you move on. Like it, there's sort of that kind of exists just in the fact that each villain has the three stages, but that that mechanic of that quest where you're going and you're and you're you're going into the lair of the black serpent and you're taking his stuff and you can't move on until you have a piece of it and then it gets a little harder. I just think it's really neat how it works that way with the objectives, and so that was where my mind went first. I would like to see a scenario like that because it's such a fun one to play. Yeah, that, that could be pretty interesting, too. They've done that a few times with, with objectives. Save Williador, uh, mm-hmm. get, the, get the key in Dolgoldur before yeah, yeah. you can advance. Things like that. Yeah. Like, Burgle stuff from the bottom of the Lonely Mountain. Maybe not the best yeah. quest, but still. Yeah, don't do that uh, one, though. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, something, something like that. A little more interactive with the villain. I, I like all those ideas. I went with... Less of the villain and more of the player, but it, it would play mm. into the scenario. I think it'd be really cool if we had player side schemes where mm. they have, you know, it's that risk reward card. You, you can put out that side scheme, has some really terrible thing on it, tons of threat, but if you can get rid of it, you can get some sort of benefit, sort of like a guarded card or maybe like a, a player's cards That's had good. insight. If player cards had insight on them, right? Is it worth the risk? Something like that where the players can go off and do something. Maybe maybe I got to – it's kind of like an obligation sort of. You know, mm-hmm. I got to go pay my rent as, as Peter Parker. But, oh, I want to play this thing. And if I, can, if I can get rid of that, I can get some sort of benefit. But it should give oh, a like nice that. big boost to the villains. Well, I like it's that. It's not like the yeah. players need more power cards. But I hope if they do – No, but the villain thing. needs more temporary power at the beginning. Right. And I was going there. I hope if they do that, they won't do it as lame as they've done all the obligations where there's really no choice and really no consequence other than, oh, I'm exhausted this turn. Yeah, I think like seeing the players do some self-inflicted wounds on themselves could be yeah. pretty fun. 
I would like one. Okay, now that we're on Fantasyland, I would like one where <laughs> a, a, a heroes can switch sides and and start attacking their <laughs> previous teammates and wow. can win that way. Wow, a, a traitor mechanic. Yeah, or not not even, but the in Lord of the Rings we have the two player competitive mode where you build the modular set and give it to the other team to play against. The, yep. This game could work like that. That would be pretty do cool. That. Yeah. I mean, it does have a Civil War movie, does it not? Right. Yeah. So yeah. it seems. So one thing it, it would be interesting, and I'm not sure how they would do it, but I've been thinking about this actually since the game came out. Is like it would be interesting if there was a way to build a scenario where defeating the villain was not punching him to death. And I don't know how you would do it necessarily, but so far that's the only way to beat a villain, right? Are there the any win, comics where they defeat a villain without punching him to death? That's the only way know. they ever beat things. That's that's how they say hi in the comic books. They start a fight. <laughs> I guess, but there's got to be some brainy moment in the comics, no? Um, I mean, it uh, seems like that's got to be an option somewhere. The silence mm-hmm. speaks for itself. Like, like, like those villains who are like sciency and stuff, like Doctor Matt here. Like, yeah. can't you beat them? Like, you just really have to just punch them in the face till they stop doing science. Basically, because they they get okay. these their science to make giant monstrosities or giant robots or giant T Rexes you have to punch, or they have some sort of invulnerability, and then you have to science their invulnerability so that now you can punch them. Right. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's like it's like high school all over again. All right, yeah. fine. Oh, bad memories are getting punched, Daniel. Well, it's it's, it's why I didn't go into science in high school. Okay. <laughs> there is a rough crowd. Oh, that and I had an IQ of 14. But other than that... Doubled mine. Pretty good. <laughs> so those, those are our, our answers. I think they're good. Yeah. Those would be great to see in the game. Yeah, thanks for the questions there, uh, uh, Meek and Mr. L. One last one. Oh. I'd like to see the villain actually be played by a, by a human. I think that happened once and it didn't go so well. Uh, we have to work on that. All right, well, evil doctor... Matt Carano, thank you very much for coming on the show and telling us all the great stuff about the the T Rex uh, and for being a good sport with us. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> yeah. I think this me. might be the most informative episode we've ever done in terms of like value for <laughs> like actual knowledge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry, listener. It took us fifty five episodes to get here, but we, did. <laughs> <laughs> we finally brought in expert. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks a lot, Matt. Yeah, Matt, great to have you here. Yeah, it was awesome. Thanks, guys. I had a great time. This is a good show. I mean, I knew that, but I want to reinforce it for your listeners. You're too kind. You heard that from an expert, folks. Yes. A doctor. (laughs) We had to to pay him. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say. Now we have to pay the guy. We're critical (laughs) encounters, and we approve this message. (laughs) All right. Well... Do you, dear listeners, want to get a hold of us? Perhaps you have the missing blueprints for a murder banana. <laughs> Email us at criticalencounterspod at gmail.com. On Facebook, we are Critical Encounters. Or hop onto Discord and message either Vardane, Big Foam Loaf, The Truth, or Wandering Took. Let us know what you think. If you like our show, tell your friends. If you don't like our show, tell your enemies. Tyrannosaurus Rex, take us out. Uh-huh.